Cathedral of Faith, welcome in, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. We pray that you, wherever you're at, that you would just be able to take a moment and just listen and hear what God has to say today in this moment. We're going to hear some amazing preaching. We're going to hear uh, some amazing things that God is doing. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to give thanks. We're going to give and we're going to receive in this moment. And we pray that your spirit is lifted. I'm just going to say a quick prayer over this and just invite you into this. Holy Spirit, God the Father, we love you. We honor you in this moment. We pause and we ask that you would be with us. We ask that you would bless this time and that you would minister to your people the good news, the hope of Jesus Christ today. I pray, Lord, that no matter where they may be in their mind, in their experience, or even physically, I pray, Lord, that they would receive from you resurrection power in their bodies, in their minds, in their dreams, in their beliefs. Lord, would you be lifted high? Would you be seated high on our praise? And would you be in the center of everything that's said and done? We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. And all of God's people shouted here today, amen and amen. Come on, give them a shout of praise. Come on, put your hands together with us. Come on. Let me hear you say, oh, 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 oh. Everybody, oh, 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 oh. Let me hear you now. Oh, 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 oh. We say, oh, 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 oh. Higher than the mountains that I face.
This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, hello, Cathedral of Faith family. Thank you for joining us here as we continue our Recovery Plus series. And even during these difficult times, God is showing up in big ways. I have a great praise report I'd like to share with you from Easter. This past Easter, through our CBS uh, Easter special, we reached more people with the good news than ever before with the 28,000 homes watched our Easter special. What an amazing show that was, and for us to bless the Bay Area with the good news this Easter season. And God has now provided us another opportunity to take a step of faith by producing a 30-minute TV show called Living Courageous, with Pastor Ken that will now be seen every Saturday night Pacific time on the Daystar Satellite Network, which has a global reach of over 1 billion people. Thank you to all the Cathedral of Faith family for your faithfulness and your generosity. It is because of you that we can do what God has called us, what we need to do. So thank you so much. And in Matthew 22, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, this is the number one thing that we are to do, to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. And then he didn't stop there. He said, there's a second component to it, is to love our neighbors as ourselves. And everything hangs on those two things that Jesus said. So when we worship God with our giving, it's, one, it's our way of saying, God, that we love you. You are number one in our life. And it also allows us to bless our neighbors. And one of the ways that we bless our neighbors through the church is through our reaching out food ministry that provides vital groceries for people who are struggling to survive during these pandemic times. And I have a great praise report what God is doing. Already through the month of April, year to date, we've been able to bless 45,000 families representing 170,000 people with over $12 million worth of food. That's a great place to give God a big high five. Amen. So thank you to all the church family for all the ways that you, get, you give of your time, your talent, and your abilities to help us reach our community. Whether you give online or whether you give through the Cathedral app or you text the number that's up on the screen or you mail it to the church office, however you give, thank you so much for your faithfulness. So let's pray and ask God's blessings on our giving. Heavenly Father, how wonderful and how marvelous is your name. Lord, we celebrate. We give you all the praise and all the glory for all the amazing things that you have done. But God, we stand on tiptoes right now, God, believing that the best days are still ahead. Lord, thank you for you are our source. Thank you for every good and perfect gift we know comes from your hand. And Lord, we give in faith 
in accordance to your word, that when we put you first, God, that you said that you will pour out blessings that we will not have room enough to receive. Bless your people, God. Make them a target of your favor. Lord, bless them with wisdom and insight. Bless them with health and strength and bless them with influence and every resource necessary, God, so we can do the wonderful works of love that you've called each of us to do. Lord, we ask this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the power of your Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Well, God bless you as you give and welcome Stephanie as she comes to share the latest and greatest happenings here at Cathedral. Hello everyone and thank you everyone for joining us this weekend. We want to give a big shout out and thanks to all 347 of you who filled out our five question survey. You helped us tremendously in planning out the next couple of months. For those of you that haven't had a chance to fill out the survey, there's still time. Visit cathedraloffaith.org, the Cathedral of Faith app, or you can find a paper form at one of our guest centers located throughout the campus. Next, COVID-19 update. For our friends who are enjoying service outdoors, we no longer require that you wear your face mask. If you are not vaccinated, please remember to maintain a six foot distance from those you are not living with. If you feel more comfortable wearing your mask, please do. And remember, COVID updates are constantly changing. So be sure to visit the church website for the most up-to-date information. A couple of weeks ago, my brother-in-law Brian lost his dad. This is a photo of my nephew Will with his grandpa Jim. Due to COVID, his family was not able to grieve together. Next weekend, we wanna honor and celebrate the lives of our friends and family members that passed away in 2020 and in 2021. If you would like to participate, please bring a framed photo of your loved one to service with you. Well, that's all I got for today. For the latest and greatest and the most up-to-date information, be sure to follow us on social media or visit cathedraloffaith.org. are one decision away from your best life ever. You are one choice away from living your life the way God intended, fulfilled and strengthened and encouraged. Good enough is not good enough. But in this moment, I believe God wants us to quit living our life as if the goal is to somehow get to death. He has a purpose for us and I believe in this message, God wants to speak to each of us about that one choice, that one decision, that one thing that we need to do to step into the life we've always wanted. We are in a series entitled Recovery Plus. And over the last couple of weeks, we've learned about recovering healthy habits and recovering family ties and recovering self-image. And this weekend, we're going to look at recovering spiritual passion recovering spiritual passion. In fact, this series is based on a scripture from Joel chapter two, verse 25, that says these words. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. I will give you back what you lost. And Lord, we ask for that in these next moments. Open our ears, our eyes, our hearts, 
Anoint me as I preach that your word would come clearly and anoint every ear that's listening to hear the word of the Lord for them in this moment. Come and work in us. Walk with us. Talk to us. Lead us in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, there's a great moment after Jesus resurrected from the dead. He was walking with two disciples. And he had a conversation with them. At the end of that conversation, we read these words in Luke 24, verse 32. It says, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? That's what I'm praying for us, that God would burn something in us, light a fire inside of us this weekend as he speaks to us. In fact, Jeremiah has a similar experience. In chapter 20, we read these words. Your message, Lord, burns in my heart. It's like a fire deep inside my bones. I'm tired of holding in. In fact, I can't. And that's what we're believing, that that fire will burn inside of each one of us, that we'll hear from God and that he'll work in us. Now, in the Bible, there are these books called epistles or letters in the New Testament. And every letter has two parts. The first part is the knowledge, the theology, the information. The first half of every letter says, this is what you need to know. And then the second half of every letter always has a step beyond that. In addition to what you need to know, the last part of the letter is always, this was what you need to do. You see, preaching and teaching and reading the word isn't just getting more knowledge. But God reveals things to us so we can make choices, so we can do the right thing. And we're going to take a look at that from the book of Colossians, as Paul wrote to people he loved there. And at the very beginning, here's what he says. Now, I'm going to have you help me out. I know you're watching online, but there's a word that's all caps and bolded. When I get to that, I want you to say it with me, okay? So let's follow along. Here we go. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Very good. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. I hope you noticed the repetition there. I had our graphics artist, Karen, make sure that she got that there bold and clear for you to see so that you would see what the emphasis of this is all about. In fact, I'll summarize it this way. God is all. God is all. Here's what that means. Whenever you talk about God, you can't go very far in a conversation without using the word all. He knows all things He's in charge of all things. He's over all things. He works all things together for good. That word all describes who God is. It describes what he's like. And so we can't go very far in talking or praying or thinking about God without coming across that word all. Well, let me talk to you for a moment about some of the things God does know. First of all, God knows all things. He knows all things. There's nothing that escapes him. He's not forgotten you. He's not abandoned you. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. And so wherever we go, we know we can trust him. Whatever's happening in our lives, we know we can turn to him. We know that we can depend upon him because he knows all things. In fact, in Job 34, verse 21, we read this passage. It says, God's eyes are on the ways of an individual. He carefully observes all a person's steps. He knows where we are. He knows what we're going through. And he's at work in ways we cannot see. Now, speaking of Paul, the apostle, he was the guy who wrote Colossians. Let me tell you a little bit about his life before. He was known as Shaul. Now, in English, we say Saul. But his Hebrew name was Shaul. And he was a pretty bad dude. He was persecuting the church. He stood and watched as Stephen was stoned. He imprisoned men and women who followed Jesus. But something happened to him. One day, when he was going along on his way to persecute more Christians, all of a sudden, a bright light shined in his face. 
And he was there and saying, wait, what's going on? Lord, is that you? And Jesus says to him, why are you persecuting me, Saul? And in that moment, he asked Saul to commit his life to follow him. Well, soon the light stopped shining and Saul realized he was blind. He couldn't see. He didn't know where he was. And the people who were there had to help lead him to this house where he stayed for a couple days. And while he was there, he called out and God spoke to Saul and said, I'm gonna send somebody to you. This person's going to come and they're gonna lay hands on you and they're gonna pray for you and you'll no longer be blind. Well, on the other side of town was a guy named Ananias. And Ananias was in prayer. And God said to Ananias, I want you to go over. He gave him the street, the address, the place. He said, I want you to go over and there's a guy there named Saul and I want you to lay hands on him and anoint him and I'm going to open his blind eyes. He's gonna follow me. I have a great work for him. Now, Ananias was sort of like, but God, isn't he the guy killing everybody, persecuting? Is it really safe? God's, trust me. And so Ananias did that very thing. He came over, he found the house, he knocked on the door, he went in, he laid hands on Paul, and when he did, immediately the scales fell off his eyes and he could see. You see, God knew where Ananias was. He was minding his own business. God knew where Saul was. He was riding down the road on his horse. But right there, God knew where they were and he knew what to do and he knew what to say. And as a result, Saul's life was turned around forever. So here's the key thing. God knows all things. But there's another important truth that we can look at as well that says this. God is in all places. Where is he? God is in all places. Here's what Matthew chapter 28 says. Jesus says these words to us. And he says, I am with you always. I, you can't get far in talking about who God is without this word all. Now, let me tell you a modern day story that relates to this. It's about a guy named Ken Gobb. Ken was a pastor who had a television program and he was serving the Lord, but one day he got pretty discouraged. And he and his wife and kids took a cross-country trip. They lived in Washington State, and they drove across country, and they were driving I-75 through Dayton, Ohio, and it was time for a break. They pulled off the road, came over to a, a shopping mall area, and he said to Barb, his wife, Barb, you go in and get a table with the kids. I just need to walk around, stretch my legs. I, I, I just, I really need to work through some stuff. I believe God wants to speak to me. So family went in, Ken started walking. He stopped over the Dairy Queen, always a good choice. Got the soft drink and he was walking around praying, saying, God, I really need to hear from you. I really wanna know what you want from me. And while he's doing this, all of a sudden, just over a couple steps at the gas station was a telephone ringing. This phone started ringing and He's looking around and think somebody should get that. I mean, what's going on? There's a phone ringing right there. And all of a sudden he noticed nobody else was paying attention. It was really starting to irritate him. It's like, somebody should get that phone. He's like, well, maybe I should get it. So finally, after a little hesitation, he walked over and he picked up the phone. And when he did, the operator said, long distance calling for Reverend Ken Gobb. Now, for those of you who are young, let me explain something to you. In the old days, before cell phones, when we had hard lines and telephone booths, what you would always do is you would call and you would, if you wanted to make sure you didn't want to pay for the call because you paid for every minute, if you want to make sure you didn't pay for that call, you would always say long distance four and you would ask for that person. If they weren't there, then you wouldn't have to pay anything. Uh, my mom and dad, we used to have a trick for that in college. When I'd wait in hall on Sundays to get my weekly call, I would call them and say, long distance for Joe Mancary. And they'd say, oh, he's not here. And then they'd hang up and call me right back. It was a lot cheaper. But anyway, here he is at the sound booth. I mean, I mean at the telephone booth. And he says, my name's Ken Gobb. And the, the operator said, well, long distance for you. And he's like, wait, I, I, this can't be for me. And she says, oh, are you Ken Gobb? And he said, yes. And the lady on the other end said, yeah, that's his voice. 
And so Ken's like, okay. And the lady on the other end says, hi, my name's Millie. And I'm calling because I need to talk to you. So in that moment, he's like, how did you, what, how, how, how's this happening? She's like, are you in your office in California? He's like, no, I don't have an office in California. My office is in Yakima, Washington. But right now I'm in Dayton, Ohio at a phone booth. And she said, you won't believe. She said, I was coming to the end of my rope. I felt hopeless and helpless. I was ready to give up and I was writing notes to my family. And I called out and said, God, I really need help. I don't want to do this, but I don't know what to do. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so discouraged. And all of a sudden, Millie said, you came to my mind. And I remember watching you on television a couple months ago. And I thought, if I could just talk to Reverend Ken Gobb, God could work in me and maybe do something. So he's like, I didn't know how to get hold of you. Again, this is pre-internet days when you couldn't stalk people. So what would happen is she said, I just prayed. And all of a sudden I wrote down these 10 numbers. And I realized it was a telephone number. So I called it and that's how I got this number. Ken was blown away. And he said to her, God wants to work in you. He's made a divine appointment. And in the next moments, he prayed, gave best wisdom he felt like he had ever had in his life that God gave to him, and eventually led Millie to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior and give her life to him so that in that moment, God strengthened her. And when he hung up from that phone, he was reeling. Because up to that point, he's like, God, do you even know where I am? Do you even know what I'm doing? Am I doing what you want me to do? And when he walked back to the restaurant... He says, Barb, you won't believe this. God knows where I am. You see, God knows all things. He knows where you are. He knows what you're working through. He knows what God has in store for you. And not only does he know you, God can do all things. There is nothing too hard for him. He knows you. He's everywhere. He has all power. He also can do all things. In fact, in Matthew 19, Jesus says these words. He says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All things. Again, all is that word that comes alongside the work of God. One more contemporary story for you. A man who had a great influence in my life through his writing and teaching is a guy named Tony Campolo. He taught at Eastern College in Pennsylvania. And just down the road from where he taught was another Pentecostal Bible college that he would go and speak at. And he always loved going there because they were so excited and so filled with joy. And one particular time, he went to speak at the chapel at this Pentecostal college. And they went in the prayer room beforehand and he got down on his knees and these seven guys gathered around and laid hands on Tony. And they started praying and praying and pressing down. He's like, you know, those Pentecostals, they just pray and pray and pray. But he said it was really weird. They prayed for the service. They prayed for me. They prayed for all kinds of, but then he said this one guy started praying for Charlie Stolfus. He's like, God touch Charlie Stolfus. Work in Charlie Stolfus's life. You know, he lives just one mile down on the right-hand side in that silver trailer. And Anthony's like, what is he doing? Why why is he praying like this? And the guy just kept going, God, you know, you know where Charlie lives. He's in that trailer just a mile down. You know, he said this morning, he's going to leave his wife and kids. He's taking off. Lord, speak to him. Bring him back. Work in his life. Lord, you know, he's just one mile down in that silver trailer. And Tony's thinking, how... Does he think God is challenged in directions? Why does he keep saying this? And he prayed and prayed. And finally, the prayer time ended. Tony went and spoke. After he spoke, he got in the car and was driving back to his home. And just as he pulled on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, there was a hitchhiker. This guy was holding out his thumb. And, you know, Tony says, I know it's not really normal to pick up hitchhikers all the time. But he he said, you know, I'm a pastor. I got a captive audience. I can tell him about Jesus. And here we go. So... The guy got in the car and they were just going a couple seconds and Tony says, hi, my name's Tony Campola. What's your name? And the guy who got in the car says, my name's Charlie Solfus. 
Tony's like, hmm. So he's having this conversation. He comes to the next exit and he starts to get off. And you can tell Charlie starts to get uncomfortable. He says, what are you doing? He says, I'm taking you home. And Charlie's like, what? He's like, you left your wife and three kids and I'm taking you home. And he pulled around. Tony came back to the next exit, got off, went one mile down to that silver trailer and parked. Meanwhile, Charlie's eyes were huge. Like, how do you know this? And he said, God told me because in reality, God had told him through that prayer. They got out of the car. They went up to the door and knocked. When his wife opened, she was filled with tears like, Charlie, you're back. Tony went in and led that young man and that young woman to Christ. They received Jesus and gave their all. In fact, Charlie is now a pastor here in California. How's that happen? God knows all things. There is nothing too hard for him. That all is so important for us to get our head around. Again, the two parts of the scripture, the knowing part and the doing part. And here's the all. He knows all things. He's everywhere. He knows you. But even more important is this. Jesus took all our sins. I want you to say that with me. Jesus took all of our sins. Here's the beauty of this. Because sometimes we feel separated from this all God because of all our sins. But the reality is there is not a sin we've committed. There's not a mistake we've made that God doesn't want to come and bring forgiveness to. In fact, Titus 2.14, we read these words. It says, Jesus gave his life to free us from all sin and to make us his very own people. There's not a single thing you've done. There's not a mistake you've made. There's not a mishap in your life that God cannot forgive. So here's the beauty of this moment. Jesus is on the cross. The mallet rings. The nail pierces. The blood flows. Why did he not resist? Why did he stay there on the cross? With his head turned, he looks and you know what he sees? A mallet, yes. A nail, yes. A soldier, yes. But you know what else he sees? He sees the list of every sin you and I have ever committed. He sees the list of our failures and transgressions. That's what kept him on the cross. All our sins. In fact, in Colossians chapter 2, here's the truth about that. It says, Jesus canceled the record that contained all the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. That list of sins that you and I committed is what kept him on the cross. That's what caused him to give his life. Because Jesus took all our sins. Jesus took all my sins. He took all your sins. Jesus takes every sin. So you see this word all is so significant in this process. All, God is all, he knows all, he's all places, he has all power, he can do all things, he forgives all of our sins. Now that's the first half of Colossians, the knowing part. Then we have to come to the doing part. In Joshua chapter three, we read these words. It says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Here's the precursor to amazing. You want amazing in your life? The step before that is consecrate yourself. Separate yourself. Give yourself fully because consecration precedes amazing. Consecration is a result of surrendering all to Christ. So that's where our true identity comes from. I'm a forgiven sinner that in this moment, there are amazing things God wants to do. And here's the question, who's following who? Consecration means I'm all in to follow Jesus. I think for a lot of Christians, they ask for forgiveness of sins and they're like, okay, Jesus, come follow me around. Be with me, be my good luck charm, help me out, be there when I need something. But the reality is, it's not him following us. He's not the superhero we add to our team. 
we join his team. We become all in by consecrating ourselves. In fact, Romans 12, Paul writes these words. He says, I urge you because of all he has done for you to wholeheartedly offer all to God as a living sacrifice. This is your true and proper worship. You see, when we know that he has all power, it's not just so he can join our team and be our good luck charm. No, when we know this, we then respond by giving all. That's what he demands. That's what he wants. That's what he longs for us. So our next understanding is this, be all in. Be all in, offer all to Jesus. He's asking us not to bring some, some of our time, some of our energy, some of our abilities. He's saying, all, I want you to be all in. In fact, let me rephrase it this way. Our all God is looking for our all response. That's the one thing that keeps us from the spiritual passion, from the burning in our hearts, from the longing that God has for us, that we would be all in to follow him, not just some, but giving him everything. We miss out when we hold out. And in this moment, I believe God's wanting to talk to us about some things we've been holding on to as our own. If we look at Deuteronomy chapter 20, we see these words. If you return to the Lord your God, and if you obey with all your heart and all your soul, all the commands I have given you, then the Lord your God will restore you. Again, we're in a restoration series, a recovery plus. God's gonna restore us when we give all our heart, all our mind, all our strength. And here's, here's the, the thing about it. The forgiveness of sins, the allness of God, it's 100% grace. It's 100% God. It's not 99% grace and 1% what I can pull off. No, I know that my flesh longs to get the attention for what I've done and who I am, but it's not even 1% of me. It's 100% grace. It's 100% God. It's 100% forgiveness. And when I come to him, the reason I miss out on having the power, the fire, the passion, the strength is because I've added him to my life rather than putting my all in to follow after him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The writer of Proverbs in chapter three puts it this way. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. In all your ways, obey him and he will show you which path to take. This is about being all in. Saying, God, I give you who I am, all that I have, all that I am. It belongs to you. Come and take this. That's what our identity is. My identity is in Christ. There's a thousand things I can use to identify myself. What I've studied, where I've been, who I am, what my gifts are, what I have. That's not our identity. Our identity is found here. And when I know that, then I'm all in. Let Let me give you a secret. You know what boredom is? People are bored who are me-centered. If you're me-centered, you'll end up with boredom. In fact, boredom is a sign they're centered in themselves. That's a sign. That's the first sign to know you're not all in. Because when you're all in, there's no place for boredom. There's an adventure. There's a life. There's a calling. There's a place God has for us. And that's why in Romans 12, we read this great passage. It says, never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor. And how's that happen? Serving the Lord. Being all in. Giving him all. Asking him to work in us. Now, we've been talking through the book of Colossians. We talked about God's all power. God's all forgiving. Here is that second half of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 23, when it says, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all with all your heart as unto the Lord and not as unto people. What I'm doing is for the Lord. I'm not just doing this to appeal to people, to get people to like me, to build my resume, to feel good about myself. When I recognize that the God of all power and all strength and all wisdom, who's forgiven all my sins, comes to me, he's saying, Wayne, I want you to be all in. I want you to give it to me. I want you to trust me. I want you to have that work. So the best way to compare it is sort of like chips. We've all been given uh, some things. 
We all have time. We all have money. We all have abilities. God's given us a heart and a soul and a mind. God's also entrusted us with things. We have lots of things. God's also knows our past and he knows our future and he's given us family. He's given us our work. He's given us life. These are all the things God has given to us. And here's the problem. Sometimes we want to say, okay, God, I'll give you my past. You can have that. It wasn't very good. It's all yours. I'm in. But God's saying, no, I just don't want one of these. I just don't want a couple minutes here and there. I want you to be all in. This is the moment that separates us from the best life, from the amazing things God can do, is being all in and pushing all the chips in and saying, God, this is yours. I give it all to you. Boredom, frustration, lack of purpose, all come when we hold all these things for ourselves as if they're ours. But God said, look, I gave you these so you can push them all in, so you can be all in for me. I've been incredibly blessed with two godly parents. This is my mom and dad for Mother's Day a couple weeks ago. And uh, they're about to celebrate their 70th wedding anniversary. And I'm just so grateful for the anointing. on them. They weren't pastors. My dad was a hospital administrator. He ran a hospital. My mom was an accountant, ran an accounting office. They, they were just normal people, but they loved God with all their heart. They served him. They were faithful in praying and leading and speaking. And we would be in church every time the door opened, whatever that meant. And one of the stories I want to share with you goes way back to when I was a little boy. When I was just born, um, my dad got sent off to Korea. And so it was my mom and I for almost a year. And in those days, there was no such thing as childcare. You know, she couldn't say, oh, I'll get somebody to watch the kid while I go to work. It just wasn't possible. They didn't have child care in those days. All she had to live on was the meager amount my dad could send from the Air Force when he was in Korea. And she told me years later stories about how she would come to the end of the month and there was more month than there was money. How many know what that means? Sometimes two, three, four, five days before the end of the month, she wouldn't have any money left. And she said, I would gladly fast those days. I just want to make sure you had enough food. She said, sometimes I would have to fast two or three days or four or five days. But she said, every day after I fed you and you would start your first nap, I would just lift you up to the Lord and say, God, I consecrate to you. She consecrated herself. She consecrated me week after week through that time. My dad came back and I was fortunate enough through the years that every morning I woke up to the sound of them praying for me. Every morning before I went to school, we had a prayer together and read a scripture. Every evening at dinner, we read a scripture, we prayed. My parents taught me what it was to be all in. There wasn't a day that went by that we didn't pray for our pastor and his family. That was their calling. And I could tell you dozens of stories about what God did to hear my parents' prayers and to work in me through that. But one of the ones that's most powerful to me I want to share with you happened about 11 years ago. We felt God was calling us to leave the church we'd pastored for 22 years and to come out here to Cathedral of Faith to serve Pastor Ken. We were praying, we were wrestling the problem is my parents live really close to us. And as you can tell, they're getting up in years. It's like, who leaves their mom and dad in their last years? And so we pray and say, God, is this really you? And, and we went down to have dinner with my parents one Sunday after church. And we had a great time we talking and sharing. And I finally said, mom and dad, there's something I, I want to ask you to pray with us about. Before I said a word, my mom said, you're going to California to work with the foremans, aren't you? I'm like, what? She's like, two years ago when I, we were praying for you, the Lord said that he was gonna take you to California to work for the foremans. And I'm like, mom, 
we just started thinking about this a few weeks ago and just in the last week thought maybe it was God and you've known for two years? I mean, in one sense, it was a great affirmation for us because I was already feeling like, God, is this right to leave them and be 3,000 miles away from them? Is this really what you want? I'm saying that to say God is a God who knows all things and he wants us to be all in. You know, the early missionaries 100 years ago, when they were going overseas to minister, do you know how many suitcases they took with them? One, no, two, no, three, no, four. They didn't take suitcases. When they went to the mission field, they packed everything they had in a wooden coffin and they mailed, shipped everything over in this wooden coffin because that's how they knew they were coming back. They were all in. And that's what God wants for us. If you want to recover your spiritual passion, it comes by being all in. Our all God who knows all things, who loves you unconditionally, who forgave all your sins, who can still forgive all your sins if you haven't brought them to him. He wants you to be all in, to have that life that he intended. Restored spiritual passion, fire burning in your bones, your heart burning within you to fulfill the purpose he has for you. In just a moment, I'm gonna lead us in a prayer of dedication. But before we do, Pastor Vaughn and the worship team are coming to minister to us. It's a powerful song. You might feel like your spiritual life is dead, but God rattles dead bones and brings them back to life. And let the Lord speak to you in this moment as they come to minister. impossible ever stopped you Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb since when has impossible ever stopped you this is the sound of dry bones rattling this is the phrase make a dead man walk again
time for us to prophesy and use the word of the Lord to speak over those things, those dreams, those ministries, those businesses, those ideas that we thought have died. Let's speak life to them. If you're not dead, God's not done. Yeah. So God said live. God said live. Yeah, God said live. Thank you, Pastor Vaughn and the worship team. God is not finished with you yet. There's a prayer I want us to pray in just a moment. But before I do, I want to ask you, wherever you are right now, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, this is the moment. This is how you start that journey. First, making him your savior, and then we'll talk about making him your Lord. So if right now you would like to receive Christ, I want to pray with you and pray for you. Heavenly Father, you know every person. You know their sins. You know their failures. You know their struggles. The things that separate them from you. But Lord, I thank you that you saw that list dangling from the cross and you want to give forgiveness now. Lord Jesus, we ask you to come into our lives, forgive us, cleanse us, and heal us. We offer ourselves to you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm gonna ask you to join with me in praying a prayer with some of the alls as a dedication that maybe you received Christ decades ago or just now. It's not just him being your savior and clearing you out and now just following you around. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to be all in. He wants you to have your best life now. Let's pray this together. I can do all things through Christ. I will love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm all in. Amen and amen and amen. Well, thank you for joining us this weekend. I'm going to speak God's blessing on you. Before I do, I want to remind you that next weekend here at Cathedral of Faith, a Memorial Day weekend, we're going to honor the lives of people we lost in 2020 and 2021. Whether you're here on campus or you're going to watch online, I encourage you to get a framed picture of someone, maybe a family member or a friend that you lost in the last two years. And we're going to take a moment to let the Lord minister to us and give us his life. Here's a picture of, of Michael. Michael part of our church family for many years. And he passed away last year. And I'm looking forward to celebrating him next week. And as you, if you come to service, we're going to put all the pictures up front. If you're watching online, you can set it next to your TV. And we're going to pray and ask God to do a special work in each one of us next weekend. So we look forward to seeing you then. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you and give you his peace. 
May you know that the God of all power and all knowledge and all things who forgives all your sins is just waiting for you to be all in. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen and amen. Stick around for the wrap. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord. Yo, Cathedral of Faith. What's up, everybody? Come on in. It's time for the wrap. We want to welcome all of you to this wrap for all of us is going to talk about (laughs) the sermon and all the things that we thought about and all the things that God's doing in our life. Amen. So it's all good. Yeah. Pastor Wayne did uh, just an incredible job. And so let's just spark this. Let's get this conversation going. Let's, let's see what, what God is saying. Alyssa, grateful to have you here. What did you you hear today? Um, So I loved one of his points is God is with you always. Mm. And that just reminded me of when I was first starting college a year ago, two years ago. Wow. Two years ago. And it was my first week of college. I was so excited Mm. to make new friends and for this new journey that God had me on. Mm -hmm. But it was also very strange because I had this weird shaking that I was just shaking nonstop for a week. And so I went to doctors and urgent care and, you know, my family like two hours away and I'm just calling them like I don't know what's happening um, and so I went and it turns out it was a week long anxiety attack and I was like Lord I've never had this before I don't know what I'm supposed to do and so all I could do was lay down listen to worship music and pray and I just had to trust that God knew what I was going through that he would comfort me and bring me peace and he did just that and it was just so comforting and still is so comforting to know that God really does know everything and he wow. is with you always and so yeah. That's wild. I love that yeah. point. Wow, that's, that's what he's saying in like Matthew 28, 20, when he says, um, God is in all places. Mm-hmm. He know he knew where you was. He know where to meet you at. So he knew yeah. where to come to you. He knew he knew the people you had to call, the doctors mm-hmm. you had to go to. Yes. So God is everywhere that we need him to be Amen. when we need him to be. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome, Alyssa. I, I love word. that because like I've had anxiety attacks before. We both talked about yes. this and it's yeah. just like, you feel like there's nothing you can do, mm. but then like, you, so you literally just have to trust God. And sometimes you just have to like sit there and just let it happen. I love how you like, you went to worship music because it's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. only God can like comfort you in that moment. Because like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't want to be around people. I don't want to oh. talk about it. Like, it's yeah. just so, it's just a scary moment. But then like, you know, like God is right beside you. So even though you're going through it, like it's really terrifying. Mm-hmm. You're just like, God is here. God is here. God is here. Like, I love that. Wow. That's powerful. I love that quote. He says, our all God is looking for our all response. Mm -hmm. And the uh, flip to that is that if you have your all in them, then there's no room for boredom, for Mm -hmm. lack of purpose, or for frustration. Mm -hmm. So it's such a good easy way to just kind of see where we're at. And if I'm having those feelings, then what am I holding too tightly mm. on? And mm. what do I need to release and realize it's not mine anyway? That's powerful, yeah. yeah I remember that. the illustration even last week Dr. Wayne used that kind of uh, conjured up that memory where he said, he talked about the Dead Sea and how mm-hmm. that the the same water source, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, but everything's dead at the Dead Sea because there's no outlet. And, like, it made it, me think of, like, our lives. If there's no outlet, if we're not giving, there, if there's not, a, you know, a flow of God's goodness and so every, everything that we have outward, mm-hmm. it's just death is the result of it, you know. So, yeah, that's a, that's a powerful point. Miss Aquisha, what did you hear today? I heard a lot. Let me just. <laughs> She's like, just hold on. I was, you know. <laughs> but just bouncing off of what you said yeah. um, about the Red Sea, it brought to my attention about a sponge. You know how mm-hmm. if you put a sponge in water, it soaks up a lot. Mm-hmm. And then either, you know, you can use that, you know, the water, or you can squeeze it out. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, it soaks up. So for us as a person, we have to soak up what God has for us, mm-hmm. his environment, his peace, his love, mm-hmm. and just, just soak it up, soak as much as we can, and mm-hmm. he'll be able to use us in different areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so another point that I really got is that God can do all things, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's he, he's unlimited in, mm-hmm. in what he can do. And for me, I'm trusting in him and my everything, even mm-hmm. in my job. Yeah. I have to trust him and to know that he's going to, He's going to pay my bills. He's going to get my things straight. He's going to help me in my relationships. But if I don't trust him, how will I know? How will I know what he can do? So, yeah, it's real. That's a little bit. I don't want to take up the mic because I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that's just a little bit. That's good. Yeah. That is good. That is good. Dallas, what's going on? Um, A point that 
really stuck with me. It, it kind of like was um, I'm all in. Like mm. we have to be all in because God gave His all. Like God yeah. gave no, like gave up no expense to like to show us His love. He literally like gave His Son a part of Himself. Yeah like in order for us to like have a relationship with him and the idea of all in reminds me of this like phrase we used to say in youth group it's called being about it mm -hmm. and all that meant was you took your faith seriously mm -hmm. so you weren't just a christian on christmas and easter you weren't just coming to church on sunday and like not you know, reading your word outside and not um, interacting with the community, you were all in. You were all the way about it. And yeah. I and I love that idea because it's like, if you truly love something or someone, you're all in. Like in a relationship, yeah. you have to be all in in order for it to work. Or like in your school, you have to, even though it's hard, yeah. my goodness, it's hard. Yeah. But like you have to like put you're all into it mm -hmm. or else you are not going to receive the fruits just like in our own faith like That's good. if you're not all in you're not going to get the results yeah, or yeah. you're just not going to have the same type of relationship that we need yeah. in order to like such a relevant live word uh, I, th I think to like to, to our culture where we're at but also to the you know to the younger generations that were growing up in technology-based world a lot of our our, our interaction with the world is on a device and you know and it, it brings in like when I think of like all in, it's like you're you're locked in, you're zoned in, you're committed. And and how many of us like on computers or on our phones? It's like we have how many windows do we have open? How many apps are open at the same so time that we're that we're going? We're hopping from this to this to this to this. And um, you know, just as an illustration of how we sometimes we can be so divided in our our focus um, and our commitment. Uh, yeah, so all in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I um, also loved that um, two things. One is that he found you can only find your identity in Christ. There's nowhere else that you can find your identity. And even though it's normal for us to identify, oh, she's a basketball player who did this or this, to realize, like, none of that has weight. Mm. And really, at the end, if we don't have our identity in Christ, then we're, we don't have our true identity. So yeah. that's good. Yes. I you know, another thing that just, like, it wasn't necessarily one point. It was all the stories yeah. that, that Dr. Wayne shared, I just thought, man, is it was so, like, I felt my faith being challenged mm -hmm. and lifted in the same, at mm -hmm. the same time. I was like, man, God really does this stuff. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know, what did you guys think of the stories? Like, like that phone call, like, it, it just doesn't even seem real, mm -hmm. right? It just seemed so, it was, seems like it was in a movie or something, mm -hmm. but right. yet, but this is God, like, mm -hmm. this is God in action. And I, and I, I don't know, it just, I feel like, Yes, we need great teaching. Mm -hmm. Yes, we need great knowledge and all this. But sometimes we just need to testify mm -hmm. of the yeah. goodness of God and what God has done. Because, mm -hmm. like, those stories were amazing. What they say, yeah. overcome by the word of our testimony, right? Yeah. And then also, like, this, this, uh, the phone call, the one that he, uh, Pastor Dr. Wayne was talking about, mm -hmm. just being at the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. What if he was not following God and not mm -hmm. by his leading? He wasn't near the phone. What yeah. if he drifted away and was doing something else? He would have missed that appointed time. Mm -hmm. So just being faithful and being on the, on the track he has for us. And sometimes we get distracted with our phones, with our yeah. technology. But being there and being directed and being focused with God can lead yeah. us in the right place because you never know what so good what we have. You know, and another thing that like it's it's sparking in me too is like it, it, God is not just saving that woman on the other line. Mm, yeah. She's God speaking to the man on the other side, yes. right? It yeah. was like because the whole time I'm listening, I'm like, wow, this woman's about to take her life and that, and her life is saved. And then the and then and then there's like a twist at the end, like. The, the man is absolutely astounded, not just at, at, at her finding it, but like God sees me. He knows where I'm at. I just thought that was powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, sharing miracles too, we um, done this when I have a small little book and in there I write some of the miracles that I have heard from my mom or my grandma in there. And it's a, it's a book, but just to remind me when I need to just have go straight to God, I go to this little book where I have things that have impacted my life. But with Zion too, we did it one time where we were um, around a bonfire and then at my mom's house where we just said, mom, do you have any, tell us some miracles that are going on. Dad, tell us some miracles. Mom, Pappy. 
And Zion loves those times, but I love those times because the more I hear about what God has done in yeah. their life, it makes it's more glue and cement that I don't care what anybody says, God is real and God hears me and he's all in for me. Because yeah. so, no one can take your experience from you. Anyone can like explain away theology or they just ignore it, but like some when you know you've encountered Christ like yeah. no 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 this happened to me and no one can like take that from you yeah. no one can say that didn't happen to you because mm -hmm. they weren't there and yeah. so us testifying is just mm -hmm. like wow yeah I love that writing down miracles with yes. your family I remember my also first year of college testimonies were a big thing it's like hey now we're gonna tell each mm. other our testimonies and I was like wow this is really big and it's because it's telling people like why it is you love God why you follow him it's like mm -hmm. what he did in your life that you cling to that and so it brings you back to that first moment of what absolutely God did there's so much power in what you say so we're going to go to that what pastor uh, dr wayne said he said i can do all things through christ i will love the lord with all my heart all my soul and all my strength and i will bless the lord at all times i'm all in, all in. cathedral of faith we are all, all in. in yeah all in fact in. maybe somebody in the chat maybe just type out just tell them maybe a short instance of something God has done miraculous on your mm -hmm. behalf or, or just make a phone call, text somebody, mm -hmm. tell somebody, yeah. go tell somebody what God has done. This <laughs> is how, miracle. yeah, this is, this is, and you might be the part of a miracle yeah. too, just like on that telephone call. So th Cathedral of Faith, we love you. Thank you for staying locked in. Please come see us on campus the, as the services are opening up and stay locked into what's going on uh, on the, on the socials, uh, Cathedral of Faith, Cathedral Worship, uh, coffee, all all of the above and um, just stay locked into community because this is where we are our, our faith is strengthened amen, amen. so amen. who's all in hands I'm up all I'm all in and as always it's, it's a wrap, a wrap. Yeah.